It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 251, entitled I Learn What Vestibular Means. It was recorded Monday the 8th of May 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined in a few short minutes by our guests. We have Jess Frick and Jen Harris and Matt Cromwell. As it's a WordPress podcast, guess what we talk about? Well, yes, WordPress. The things that we're talking about this week are, what about AI in WordPress core? Is that something that we want? What could that look like? There's an article about that this week. The annual survey has come out and there's lots of data about how WordPress was being used and by whom in the year 2022. The first round of WordCamp US tickets sold out. Is there a question about the way that people are being notified about these tickets in terms of when they're coming on sale initially? I mentioned the fact that I've got two things going on this week. I've got an episode with Mark Westgard in our new webinar series about WS Form, but also I've got a show this week about UI UX with Pichoneri, so you can find out the details about that. Twitter use for Jetpack users has come to an end. Why? One word, cost. New theme called Stacks. What do we make of that? It's certainly an interesting UI. Cadence have added some AI to their new tool and they have put people on a waitlist. You can join that waitlist tool. And I'm also talking about a plugin which customizes and simplifies your admin interface. There's a whole lot more about accessibility and AI in general. And I hope that you enjoy it. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WPBuilds. Howdy doodly. Hello. Good afternoon. Well, good morning, I guess, uh, depending on where you are in the world. We are here once more this week in WordPress episode 251 back because I'm back from the dead. I had a very mild cold and it near killed me, um, <laughs> which what did they call it in the UK. They call it man flu. And it's uh, basically when somebody such as me gets a very mild illness, but is absolutely convinced they're going to die. And <laughs> this is what happened. I didn't feel so good, but I'm feeling really, really fighting fit this week. We're here to talk about the WordPress news. And as you can see, we're joined by three fabulous guests. We'll go around them one at a time. We'll start with we'll start with Jess, if that's all right. How are you doing, Jess? Good morning, Nathan. I'm so glad you're alive. Yes, thank you. It was touch and go, I yeah, swear. Like yeah, it. there was Terrifying. a there was, I had to blow my nose several times. Oh my god. <laughs> I know, I know. Um Jess is the director of operations at Pressable. She's an iced tea connoisseur and a proud member of the post status community. Do you want to add anything to that or are you happy with me? Yeah, I'm also a hosting team rep this year for Make Ooh. WordPress. Ooh, I know you're, you're rolling with the old bio. That what do you have to do in that role? Um, well, one of the cool things is I work with the rest of the hosting team to ensure proper dissemination of information. We work on some really cool projects. Um, you know, if you're not already involved with the Make WordPress team, there's a lot to choose from. The hosting team, we mostly work around hosting yeah. um, and matters involving hosts. 
So projects that we will run are, you know, PHP related or, you know, perhaps performance uh, matters. You know, we're, we're talking about democratizing the hosting page and a variety of other things. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, that WordPress as a community, you are commercial rivals, but equally at the same time, when you go to like a WordCamp or something like that, you are all actually quite good friends, aren't you? It's really odd. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's one of the best things about this community is the fact that everybody can put the pitchforks down and uh, and get along. It's really, really nice. Well, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. We're also joined by Jen Harris. How are you doing? Good. Jen is uh, a WordPress developer specializing in helping clients solve and prevent WordPress problems. She works with a wide range of website clients from multi-million dollar companies to solopreneurs, maintaining their WordPress sites with care plans and helping them with website accessibility. We've got a little bit organized in the show today about around that. Jen organizes the Baltimore WordPress Meetup and is an active participant in WordPress online groups, including the number one WordPress community, the Admin Bar, where she was very Voted most, it says here, most member of the year, but I imagine there's a word missing. <laughs> Sorry, there. basically most, most helpful member. Of okay, the year. great. Yeah. Yeah, she was voted the most member of the year. That's great. Oh, that's lovely. Well, thank you for joining us. And we will put your, um, we'll put your accessibility chops to good use later on, if that's all right with you. And we're also joined by Matt Cromwell. How are Matt? How are you doing? Doing all right. No colds yet over oh, here. Honestly, Matt, don't even go there. I, I'm afraid that the, <laughs> the whole thing will travel over the internet as a virus. I, yeah. I'm also <laughs> very much a man blue kind of person. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's knocked me oh, out. It's terrible. Great pity. Great pity on me. Um, Matt is the Senior Director of Customer Experience. At, well, do you know what? I'm going to read this and then you're going to correct me if that's all right. Um, Matt is the Senior Director of Customer Experience at Stella WP and the co-founder of GiveWP. He is the host of the Glam That Plugin and WP Talk uh, sorry, WP Product Talk podcast focus on helping WordPress product owners market and build their products better. Okay, so this is the bit that I wanted to get to. But in his latest adventure, it, that's a giant rebrand. He and Devin Walker recently announced that they were rebranding iThemes, which we've all heard of, in public as solid WP. Go on, go on, tell us what this <laughs> is all about. Yeah, yeah. Well, Devin and I were asked to, to, uh, take on iThemes as one of our brands in the Stellar WP kind of universe. And um, we uh, polled all the team members and uh, former folks that have been there. And, and one of the things that they all wanted to do for a long time and never really got around to was giving it a new fresh of breath, a uh, new breath of fresh. That'll air. do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> giving it a rebrand, a refresh. And um, because the iThemes brand is like so well known and so uh, liked, um, it's, I mean, it's like a historical document in the WordPress uh, history almost. Um, we really wanted to make sure to to do this in public and, and let people know uh, slowly and caught carefully um, to uh, to rebrand this uh, over time. Yeah, it's, so, you've got to tread really yeah. carefully with all that stuff, haven't you? Because it is it is such a trusted and well-known brand, but it, it kind of feels, I mean, I've been using it for the longest time, you know, when Builder was a thing and they were, it was all about the themes, wasn't it? The themes built in the functionality and Builder was a great yeah. product and all that. And now not so much themes, different things. No. Yeah. So no. time for a lick of paint. So I really migrated over to like, more security yep. area yep. and uh, backups and um, site maintenance type things and 
for us, that was like, we, we looked for something that sounded like a good, strong foundation. So um, solid is the one that won the day. You, yeah. It's been mentioned that you're doing this out in the open. And I'm never quite sure what that means. Does that literally mean that you just sort of listen to people's opinion? And if the groundswell is, no, that's a bad idea. Don't go in that direction. You know, nobody likes that blue. Will is that the kind of thing that's going on when you meant when you mentioned doing it in the open? A little uh-huh. bit, for sure. I mean, we definitely have strong opinions about our own stuff and the way that we want to see things go. But as we're starting to build it out and do things, we want to get immediate feedback right oh, away. I see. Um, and, that, and that's kind of the thing. It's this back and forth of like being able to be like, I'm, I'm experimenting with this idea and it's not set in stone yet. And I'd love to hear what you all think. And trying to keep the whole audience as uh, part of the process of, of building it out rather than us just going from the hip and being like, we know what we're doing. Um, There is a a lot of humility and transparency about it. Nice. Well, thank you. So thanks to the three of you for joining us. A little bit of housekeeping, if that's all right, before we begin. Uh, If you're watching this and you um, would like to share it, please feel free. Go for it. Copy and paste this URL, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Shove it somewhere, you know, like Twitter or Mastodon or Facebook or something like that. And uh, and send people there. We'd appreciate that. The more comments that come in, the more fun the conversation um, tends to get. And if people go there, they need to have some sort of Google account because on that page are embedded face. Uh, sorry, uh, YouTube comments. On the other hand, you might be going to our Facebook group. That is wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. But if you're there, you have to do one little thing. You have to go to chat.restream.io forward slash FB. Otherwise, Facebook, keep your profile from us and we don't know who you are. But yes, any comments or things like that, please do drop them into the chat. We'd really appreciate that. And it looks like, oh, crikey, quite a few people have done that already. Cameron Jones is now in the UK. He's no longer asleep. It's no longer 11 at night. Cameron's been, um, Cameron flew into, I think it was Manchester and then got the train down to Brighton recently. And he's posting on Facebook all of his, all of his experience with, with all the things that it's like to be in England. And it's hysterical. All the things that I take for granted, he finds really weird. <laughs> so it's been a really interesting journey. Thank you, Cameron, for joining us. I appreciate that. Uh, it says he's from cold and cold and cloudy Brighton. Peach and Eri's joining us. You're going to get a mention, Peach, a little bit later. She's in Valencia. Hello, says Rob Cairns. He's in Toronto, usually. I guess he is today. And Bob, 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 uh, Bob WP joining us from sunny Porto. Yeah, I imagine it's lovely and sunny there. And as we do every week, Peter Ingersoll drops in and gives us a weather report from Connecticut. Today, 17 degrees centigrade, 63 degrees Fahrenheit. It's 9 a.m. And today will be a perfect 23. That's nice. 23 under sunny sky. Yeah, that's really nice. And there's lots of other people saying hello. Good morning, Michelle Frechette. Nice to have you with us. We're going to talk about your WP speaker or speaker WP. I can't remember off the top of my head website a little bit later. Marcus Burnett from GoDaddy. Hi, everyone. Always enjoy starting my week with beautiful, smiling faces. I shall go uh, in that case. Not, <laughs> not spoil the things. And good morning from Knox. Is that, do, you, do you pronounce that Knoxville? Is that how you say that? Hi there, Thomas. I don't know if we've had you with us, but uh, oh, Marcus, look at that. That's nice. You met up this weekend at Buffalo, WordCamp Buffalo. That's lovely. Okay. 
Thank you for joining us. Let's get stuck into the WordPressy stuff. A couple of things first. This is our website, wpbuilds.com. If you head there and fill out this little form here, one field, email address, we will send you two emails a week when we produce content. Nothing more, no spam, just here's something that we produce. So feel free to go and fill that in. You can alternatively go to our subscribe page and there's different ways that you can do that same sort of thing and what have you. But a couple of things that we're doing this week, the fabulous Mark Westgard with his fabulous WS form plugin. We've started a six part live series and we did the first part this last Wednesday and it was entitled Form Building Basics. Each episode is going to be aired live. So it'll be at 3 p.m. UK time each Wednesday for the next five weeks. Same URL that you're watching this now, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. And we're going to get a little bit more nerdy and technical as the, as the episodes go on. So next week, well, this week, two days from now, building interactive forms, then preventing spam and deliverability, then custom form plugin integrations, then WooCommerce, then <gasps> AI in forms just to, just to round out the series. So yeah, if you want to join us for that, it's really nice. Essentially, it's a primer in how to do all things WS form. And if you've ever used WS form, I can tell you there's a lot of things that you can do with that. So join us for that. But also tomorrow, Peach and Eri and I are having a chat. It's at 3 p.m. UK time. Um, and it's our, well, we call it monthly, but it's never monthly. It's, I don't know how often it is, but we do it fairly, fairly regularly. And we would like your websites. If you want to submit a site that you're halfway through doing, or, you know, you're fairly convinced that it's in good shape, but you just want her expert eye casting over it. Go to wbpbuilds.com forward slash UI, just wpbuilds.com forward slash UI, and fill out the form, and we'll see if we can squeeze it into one of the shows, and, you know, you get some free UI, UX advice. Plus, we're also after some deceptive designs so that we can moan about them, uh, essentially. You know, those kind of things where the big green button is the one that you don't want to press, and the tiny grayed-out piece of writing is the one you do want to press, but they're all, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Um, or, or essentially just go to any any airline website and try to fill out the form to book the ticket. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so there we go. So that's all happening this week. Right, let's get on to WordPress. AI kicks us off. Usually we relegate the AI to fairly late in the conversation, but we're starting off today about AI because Anne McCarthy wrote a piece called Let's Talk, WordPress Core and Artificial Intelligence. Actually, it's kind of interesting because if you scroll down, Matt was right on this. Uh, he was the first person to create a comment about it and, in fact, kept going in the comments, which is nice. There were quite a few comments in there. Essentially, Anne wants to, Anne wants to know what should AI be like in WordPress Core? It can't be avoided. It's coming down the pike. AI seemingly is everywhere. If WordPress doesn't have some semblance of this, Presumably in like two or three years time, it'll be utterly outmoded. And so there's a little video on here showing what it potentially could be like. Text prompt comes up. Somebody types in. It's not real, by the way. I think it's a fake video, if you know what I mean. But it, it purports to show what could be possible. Um, and there's a there's a page which is half finished about getting a pizza restaurant. You know, what, what kind of pizzas do we sell and all that kind of thing. And you type in, give me some templates which would suit this design. The AI presumably scrapes the text, has a look at the images, and then throws a bunch of different templates at you. It's just one suggestion. But the point is... What are we going to do in core? What are we going to have in there? And so the discussion, the beginning of the discussion is this post. And here's a few questions which might be 
moot or sorry might be relevant to this how would you want to see core updated so that it can be extended in a, in ways accessible to ai technologies for those building or trying to build with ai today how does core currently enable or hinder this effort and are there any concerns that you think the community should be aware of as this space is explored and I thought, um, Matt, this one here, your comment here about kind of having, uh, it felt like an API, a WordPress API for accessibility so that plugin developers can plug into that looked really interesting. So I'm just going to hand it right off to you, Matt, if that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I said in there was just that I was nervous about the core development team getting distracted by AI, which I mean, AI is super important and vital and everything, but like we got big plans for core right now. And I don't, didn't want folks to get, um, you know, shiny toy syndrome, you know, but they clarified there and they're like, Oh, we're not just talking about core development. Just how can core maybe with some minor tweaks, uh, enable some plugin innovation. And I thought that was a good clarification. And from a plugin perspective, we've actually struggled a lot um, with third-party APIs in WordPress core because like, especially right now with AI, everyone, it's like a big gold rush. Everybody's trying to build some new AI tool right now. And um, they're all going to want to hook into the open AI API keys, essentially. And if they're all pinging open AI independently, all the plugins or even the theme, uh, pinging it independently, it gets kind of noisy and and bloaty um, and sometimes can even produce conflicts if they're pinging different versions of the same API, uh, things like that. Um, and so one thing that Core could help uh, smooth the way for was if there was an API settings panel, essentially. Um, uh, there's lots of different ways to approach things like that. Like it could just be a, like a kind of like how webhooks are often generated where you're like, create a new webhook and you choose what kind of webhook you want to create. And, um, or it could be preset, you know, uh, Google Maps API, Facebook API, these types of typical things. Um, but um, if Core managed that, then the plugins wouldn't all be spinning up their own um, API settings, essentially, uh, and, and fighting for priority and kind of things like that. So I think that's a really interesting point because I, I've probably got about five or six different. I, I don't really use AI much, but given what I do, I play with the plugins as they come around, and and they're all doing their own thing, right? You've got an interface which is, you know, usually it's typically find your API key for OpenAI, put it in over here, and you do that. You could do that two or three times. Whereas, like you said, if there was a WordPress API panel. Where you could put all the different API keys for all the different services, and you would all the plugins would then hook into that. If you've got a relationship with OpenAI, it can be done through there. That yeah. seems like a, a a totally credible thing. But your point, which I hadn't even thought of, about well, hang on a minute, aren't we busy doing concurrent editing and aren't we busy doing multilingual? What what happened there? Uh, it's that's yeah. not all the hotness, is it? So please, can we not lose sight of that? That was yeah commended for mentioning that first, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy when things like this, when big giant uh, new trends come along and, and it's clear and obvious that this isn't like just a trend either. Um, it's like AI is here to stay and um, going to be uh, determining the future of tech in a lot of ways. So it's, it's definitely true that WordPress needs to do something um, sooner rather than later, but how is the, the question? So I don't play with, 
the rivals. You know, I don't really get into Wix. I don't get into Squarespace, but I'm imagining that 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 cohesive nature of their SaaS product will enable them to do this really simply because it'll just be, okay, there's your, they can just do it, roll it out right away. And all of a sudden, all of those capabilities. Are there. Anyway, sorry, I apologize, Jess and Jen, we haven't allowed you to join this. So it, it, whichever one of you wishes to take it over, go for it. Uh, sure. Um, I think really one of the most important things with AI right now is to think before we act because right now everyone is just leaping off the deep end, cannonball, who cares if I hit everyone else? <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't have a whole lot to add other than just we need to all kind of stop and think before we all leap. Yeah, I think more widely on a just what are we doing? It, it is a bit of an experiment, isn't it? Um, I, I, I feel that very keenly that, that there's this whole slowdown movement and I, I believe that in the last couple of weeks, there was quite a few influential people in the AI space. Maybe some of them were, you know, notable because they were media personalities as well as being technologists. But they were, they were asking people just to slow down. In other words, can we have a six-month hiatus on the movement of the technology? Figure out where we've got to. Of course, no, no, of course we can't. Uh, we need to get it into search. We need to get it into posts. We need and all of that kind of stuff. So we'll have to see how this goes. But uh, Jess, sorry. Yeah, not to be an AI apologist, but um, I think just to give some comfort, a lot of people are calling things AI when they are complex role engines built by humans with a human-defined solution. Um, by definition, AI uh, is machine learning enabled. And so we're asking the machine to devise the solution. So a lot of the things that I think we're scaring people right now, we have to remember that there's actually a human prescribing every step of that journey. Um, we're, we're not actually like tapping into an algorithm where it's figuring out what's best. Um, but you know, when I hear Matt's idea, I'm thinking of like ground control at an airport and it decides what's best and who should go first and how fast. That would be a perfect application for AI. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are just sort of building integrations. And I think that that's, that's an easy way to kind of step into it. Um, I opened up a quote for, I, I feel like you guys talked about this when it first happened. But, you know, last month in post status, for those who are not post status Slack members, Matt Mullenweg came in there and I'm going to read the quote. In 2015, I told you to learn JavaScript deeply. I don't have a catchy phrase yet, but my message for 2023 will be to spend as much time leveraging AI as possible. The boosts to productivity and capability are amazing. This is not a Web3 crypto widget hype cycle. It's real. To this slice of the WP community, I want you to internalize this message as deeply as possible. Mm. Um, and I share that because that's also kind of a directive we've been given at Automatic. Um, you know, with all the different brands, even in my role at Pressable, I'm kind of being encouraged to look for ways to leverage AI to do my job better, not to replace me, but to extend my functionality. And I think that we need to remember that mo the biggest contributor for five to the future is automatic. So many of the core contributors are sponsored by automatic. And so much like me, a lot of us are thinking about AI. Um, and so I think that's probably, I'm not saying that's where this came from, but I am certainly saying I'm, I'm not surprised to see it. I'm honestly surprised it took so long, <laughs> but I love that we're working in the open and we're trying to think about what can be done. But I do, I do share Matt's um, skepticism about what we have time for. 
if only AI were now smart enough to figure it out for us and we wouldn't have to worry about it, it could just go and do its own thing. But that's also terrifying. I mean, again, I read, I watched Person of Interest and Terminators, just like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. I that's mean, there the, is a, there is this way in which like uh, AI has already done really, really well with multilingual applications. So, I am curious, I didn't say that on the thing, on the post, but like, I am curious if there are ways that AI could help accelerate the timetable for the multilingual aspect of WordPress core in particular, like that might actually be really interesting. Um, so kind of like a two birds with one stone kind of effect. Um, but, you know, um, we'll see. I think I think the concern that I have at the moment is that the implementations of AI are so we're really at the infancy, aren't we? We're, we're, this whole technology has just been birthed and we're just struggling to find ways where it might be deployed. And and the most popular deployment model at the moment is ask a prompt, get some text back, spin that into a blog post, publish the post. And Whilst that's very cool, my fear with that was, and still is to some extent, that we'll just end up with billions of AI-generated pieces of content which nobody's got time to consume. So we'll flood the search index and nobody will know, and even Google won't know, you know what's worth surfacing and so on. But when yeah. we get into those implementations, and we'll see one right towards the end of the show where it's got to do with like literally scanning people's brains, all of these more complicated in, um, implementations of AI. Uh, so in the example that was on the website that we saw a moment ago, you know, you mm -hmm. ask it the question, give me some templates. And then some kind of image generation engine goes, uh, text-based generation goes, and it sticks it into a, a pattern, essentially, a block pattern. And you can put that in, and it gives you 20 different variations. That's where I think my interest, I suddenly stop becoming fearful and skeptical and suddenly start to become a bit more, oh, Okay, that's good because somebody's there's a bit more thought about it. It's not just consuming what ChatGPT gives back. Um, so by the way, two more things, Nathan. Mm, please, yeah. On that, number one, um, it's funny you should say that because now I'm like instinctively going to my API or excuse me, my AI checker to see if content was most likely written by an AI. Huh. And they have these checkers that'll give you a score like, yeah, 50% AI or no, it looks human. And we have to kind of check that now, especially if you're paying writers to create content for you. Um, I could plug it into chat GPT myself and not pay. <laughs> but, you know, we want human content. Um, and then the second thing, I remembered that I forgot to include this in our show notes. But Marcus is here and he just recently launched something called WPAIUniverse.com. And he's cataloging all the different projects in WordPress where AI is being enabled or leveraged. That's a cool one. Nice. I know. It's so smart, right? This, yeah. I'll be looking at it here. This is Marcus's project, WPAIUniverse.com, exactly as you imagine. Okay, so I'm coming to this for the first time, so I'm just going to click around and go to some links. And it shows you, oh, okay, so in this case, it's showing us a whole list of plugins that you could look at that have got AI components to them. Uh, there's a bunch of videos here, so I don't know if that's going to be... What is that, Marcus? Oh, sorry, it took a while to refresh. Okay, so here's some video content. It looks like tutorials about how you might implement the plugins and what they do. 
And then finally, some what, what's described here as factoids as well. Oh, Marcus, just the person. Do you know, Marcus, one day we should get you on this show. Ha! <laughs> uh, and uh, that would be lovely. We should talk. That looks really interesting. So that's A W P A P I. No, is that right? W P A I universe. There you go. I know. We on. both want to do API. Matt, you got it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, just on that point, Jess, I was, it was interesting. I read an article. So not that stale. I'm going to say it was about a month old. So it's not that new, but it's not that stale. And it was about the ability of AI checkers to, to verify themselves correctly. And the probability at that point was extremely low. Um, it, it was, I, I can't remember the numbers, but it was something in, in the order of 20% that it got right and 80% that it mis, mismatched as, as AI, um, which is kind of curious. So yeah, yeah the AI tools checking the AI, uh, <laughs> we'll get some part of their scheme. That's right. We're gonna, yeah, all part of the scheme. Uh, Cameron Jones says, if we're talking about AI at the top of the show, he suspects that I have in fact died of man flu. And been replaced by AI. Do you know what? That's the other scary bit, isn't it? The whole deep fake thing. At, at what point do we stop to trust our intuitions? Like a show like this, honestly, five years, what do you reckon? A year? Maybe 18 months from now? This show could be created entirely by um, AI. Might even have a better host, you know. <clears throat> Not saying. Um but there we go. Right. And Bob Don saying he's got a good podcast coming out with uh, Joe Hoyle, where they have a deep dive into AI and WordPress. Yeah, it's all the hotness, isn't it? And Matt, thank you, Matt. He's put a comment in um, saying that Human Made have been digging into this stuff really mm -hmm. deeply. They've got a conference coming up. Matt, what's the, what's the conference? Have you got a link to that? Oh, he's gone. <laughs> no, he's not. He's back. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, okay. Don't worry, Matt. Yes, you take your they, time. they have a conference coming and they have a great ebook. It's like 76 things about AI. Okay. Human Made is killing it these days. Mm, yeah. So some podcast episodes and some conferences coming up. And there's very nice uh, range of comments. I won't get to them all, but thank you for making the effort to make those comments. Matt has just texted us privately in the chat. He's going to have to nip in and nip out. He's got a few things going on, so we might see Matt's screen go dark like it is at the moment. But the three of us will press on regardless. Right. So uh, let's put that back on the screen, and let's go to our next piece. Speaking of AI, let's keep that ball rolling. Uh, Cadence WP have got a waitlist page up for their foray into AI. In many ways, it looks a bit like an overlap with what we just saw from Anne McCarthy, where they are going to be able that well, the, the promise is that they are going to tailor content that fits your mission and goals perfectly. So you can imagine everybody's doing this, I've just said, you'll be able to create copy, i.e. text prompts that you can then presumably fit inside of Cadence blocks, or maybe you can create those inside the text-based Cadence blocks. They're also going to be looking out images for you. But interestingly, this doesn't seem, from the text that I'm reading here, it doesn't seem like this is an implementation of Dolly. They're not creating the images. It looks like they're going to go out and find images which already exists because it says uh, the AI will provide you with a library of royalty-free images. So presumably, if you type in, I want a cat on a cushion, it will go out and see if there are cat on cushion pictures out there already and then chuck those in um, rather than go and try to create a weird cat on a weird cushion floating in a weird sky, which is what Dolly will do. Um, mm. And anyway, they're, they're hoping to get people signed up. So the page for this is 
Cadence WP, and the post is called Empower Your Website Creation Process with Cadence AI. And you can join the waitlist by clicking this button. Don't know our timeline on that. Maybe Matt's got more intel. Mm -hmm. We are uh, madly trying to get to the finish line for sure. But this is one of those great examples that, uh, like Jen was mentioning, how it's really important to think uh, and be strategic. Um, so I have been really impressed with the Cadence team as they've been uh, strategizing this uh, build and, um, and putting it together. Um, and um, it's, it's going to be really, really great. Um, so... We're, we are planning that we're going to have a little bit more to showcase um, at uh, WordCamp Europe, for example. So Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, Jess. Question ben, for you, anything? Matt. Mm -hmm. okay. So I know that Store Builder, which is one of Nexus's products, um, you can put in some information and it'll kind of give you the basic building blocks of your store. I know that uses Cadence. Um, but that's, you know, one of those ones we were talking about with like human generated solutions and it was kind of limited. Is this leveraging any of that store builder intelligence, the opposite direction? Because I know that that was using Cadence, but now this is for Cadence. Yeah, no, it's actually going to probably, I mean, any smart different ways that we can be leveraging AI, we're going to be doing it for sure. Um, but this, our hope is actually that Cadence AI will start to be more of like an onboarding experience for a lot of our different products. So it's um, likely, um, I'm not, not going to make promises, but it's likely that you'll, you'll see more and more Cadence AI powering lots of other stellar brands as well. Um, and, um, and coming back into... Um, Store Builder as well, so that at least we're we're talking about it and how that might, what that might look like or or how it might function. So um, hmm. the whole idea of being able to just tell the AI, hey, I want to build a yoga site and I'm in San Diego and my target audience is X, Y, and Z, and for it to basically build out some basic um, layouts for you uh, with right the correct images and. Um, and for it to all work, it's it's definitely kind of leapfrogging the the whole idea of what Squarespace and Wix probably are going to be doing themselves. Um, mm. But being able to do that in a WordPress environment just means it's that much more customizable and that much more powerful. And of course, you get to own all your own data. So um, I really like the the notion of doing that search. So you just described, you know, you've got a shop and you live in this location and blah, blah, blah. And then it throws a pattern at you, a fit, finished pattern. That seems like a really cool way of doing it because then you drop in the pattern, and but you're still in WordPress. The bit of this whole AI piece, which I think freaks me out a little bit is it feels like we might go back to that theme forest day where you downloaded the super theme that did everything mm -hmm. and you installed it and then you suddenly realize i have no idea what any of this is doing i have no idea how to unpick the portfolio page where even are the images for the portfolio page coming from and if that would be my fear with the ai is that you tell it to build something complicated it builds something complicated and then you think what now what how do I tweak any How of it? How do I dumb this down? Yeah. Right, right. Or, or just tweak it, yeah. Uh, but if it's just patterns and templates, then that's easy because that's the interface you're in anyway. And just by pointing and clicking, you can start, oh, okay, that's an image. I can click on that. And there's a replace button. Great. I'm off to the races. That seems like a really nice way of, of doing it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jen, there's anything a, to add? I mean, it's still a lot of detail to figure out, but I mean, yeah. that's the idea. Yeah. Jen? Anything to uh, it? Not, not much to add on the whole mm -hmm. Cadence AI thing. 
No worries. Let's just see if we've got any comments. Da, da, da. I'll come to those in a minute because I can't can't parse them in my head just at the moment. Okay, let's move on. Let me put my screen back up. Do, do, do. Okay, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of reading here, if that's all right with you, because I, I couldn't put these into my head. There was just too much information. But every year the WordPress community gets surveyed. Um, many, many people give over about 10 minutes of their time to answer a, a battery of questions. The 2022 results have been gathered in and collated, and Josepha uh, Hayden-Chomposi has written this post. It came out on May the 4th. It's called 2022 Annual Survey Results and Next Steps. You can find it on the wordpress.org website forward slash news. Um, and the highlights, which I'm going to read in a moment, are well, I'll, I'll read those in a moment. But before then, it looks like the, um, the participation was down which is a, I don't know if that's concerning or not, whether people are just fed up of filling out surveys, but the, the survey had been made simpler to do. So in a way, you'd kind of have hoped that that would have created more survey responses, but no, the, the survey was down. And I'm going to read through some of these key takeaways, and then we can go back through them and sort of take them apart if we think they're of interest. Survey shows an increased usage of blocks and the new site editor, which I guess should be no surprise, given that that's now the default. 22% of respondents have only used WordPress for a year or less. I find that really interesting. One in five respondents learned about WordPress from a co-worker. So word of mouth is 20% of adoption. In 2022, WordPress has continued to learn about WordPress uh, 68%, taught about WordPress 48%, and built sites for others 55%. WordPressers choose the CMS because it's open source 62%. Boy, that is interesting. 47% said because it was flexible. 45 because it was low risk, only 45 because it was cost effective. And then there's some other statistics there as well. 50% of survey participants obtained news um, and training directly from WordPress.org. And then other communities such as YouTube and places like, I guess, this podcast and, um, you know, blogs and what have you. And 30% of it was uh, on social media, which I find interesting. I thought that'd be significantly higher. The overwhelm the overwhelming majority of respondents don't regularly use other CMSs. Kind of, kind of figures, doesn't it? Uh, respondents continue to state that WordPress is as good or better than other CMS platforms. 86% of people agreeing with that. And the overall contributor experience remains positive and something she continues to care about deeply. So I don't know if any of that jumped out to you. One of the data points which I didn't find reading it back there was that the demographics have gotten older. Now, you only have to take one look at me and my grey mop of hair to realise that I'm in the older demographic, but that kind of worries me a little bit that um, you know maybe there isn't this funnel of new people coming through. The fact the survey was not filled out maybe is a point of concern. Um, so but, yeah. on the survey, uh, one of the things about how WordPress gets people to fill out these surveys is what they do is they contact the various uh, meetup organizers. So there's a newsletter that goes out to meetup organizers. And one of the issues with getting meetup organizers to even encourage meetup participants to fill out the survey is that meetup organizers don't get access to the data. All we ever mm. get is the same thing that you're seeing here. So WordPress has literally told us organizers that if we want our own data, we need to send out our own survey. 
So what most of us end up doing is we, if we want to send out a survey at all, we send out our own. We don't send them to the main wordpress.org survey because we won't get that data. That is Nathan, interesting. Hmm. At the bottom of this uh, post, it says view the slide deck. Can you open that? This link just here, yeah? Yep. Thank you. That I includes will. a whole lot more information about the data. Thank you. I genuinely didn't see that link. Isn't that ridiculous? I, yeah, but thank you. I probably won't go but into to, that to right Jen's now. To Jen's point, like that, that's an interesting thing, but they actually do offer more here. But I can understand why as a meetup organizer, you would probably want your own data too. Yes, data is very important to organizers, as you can imagine. Yeah, so here's the point that I was talking about. Submissions decrease by 56%. That's quite a, that's quite a wallop, isn't it? That's a real... Huge decrease. Yeah, yeah. that's massive. Um, the language... But then I guess, they talk about ages there. Um, keep going. You were talking about, you know, it, it's veering older. Look at that. It's veering older, but it's still not old. No. No. So I'm looking at a chart at the moment. So um, the the age by essentially by decade, uh, it, I, how is that working out? What are those numbers going up the left-hand side? It doesn't really matter. The point being that the, the, thir the, the 30s and 40s kind of dominate. So if you're in your, th in your 30s or 40s, they are the two uh, age groups that seem to be using it most. Then it's followed by the 50s, and then it declines, as you would imagine, a um, very small percentage by the time you, you get into the 80s and 90s. If you go to the next slide, you'll see age over time to see how things are shifting. So people in their 50s have increased, um, but so have people in their 40s. Interestingly enough, people in their 20s have decreased. Yeah, so the, the teens presumably have gone through to be the 20s, and that's gone up from 15 to 21%. That's actually quite encouraging, isn't it? The 30s has, has more or less stayed the same. It's 25, 26, 26. Uh, the 40s is declining. That's an interesting demographic. And uh, yeah, the rest of it looks more or less stable. That's interesting though, but it's, no. I, I'm surprised by that increase in the twenties, that column there, the fact that the twenties have gone up in 2022. Oh no, it's gone down. I'm reading it backwards. I apologize. So it's actually yep. declined, not inclined. Right. Correct. So that's now, troubling. Now go two slides from here. That's my, that's the most interesting one for me. Where do I go? That's, there you go. Number five. Number five. Ooh. Check that out. Okay. So what we're looking at here is a current position role in your organization. So they're asking, what kind of role do you take as a WordPress user? The owner slice is, I'm looking at about a third there, it looks to me. That's kind of interesting. Um, what else have we got in there? We've got none of the above, which who knows what to say about that. A few years of experience comes next. Mid-level manager, entry-level just starting in my career, senior manager, director, executive. So the owner, you, this is the freelancer column, I'm guessing, right? This is the people who just build out their own solution and hope to, well, use tools like Cadence, right? Just to make life a little bit easier. Find some hosting. You're off to the races. See if you can figure it out by yourself. Yep. Hmm. That's a lot of us. <laughs> That's where you need the learn team uh, popping in. Yeah, this is this is all really interesting. I'm going to have to go back and look at this in more depth, I think, for next week's show. But how did you hear about WordPress? WordCamp, very small. 
magazine, very small, and it starts to creep up college or university. Fascinating. It's no such things existed when I was there. From a friend or family member, it's starting to creep up. Search engine comes in at third place. Workplace co-worker, not sure, can't remember, <laughs> wins. That's great. But it seems like co-workers and search engines are still doing the good work for us. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, interesting. Anybody want to throw out their lot in with this? They find anything fascinating well, about this? Well, just remember that this is a very small sample. Yeah, I think it was about 3,000 something, wasn't it? I can't remember the numbers, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's yeah. Very, very small sample. Let me see if I can find now. It was up the top somewhere. No, da -da. no can't see it. Oh yeah, three thousand four hundred. So yeah, of the of the user base, very small. I I confess this is the sort of thing that crosses my path, and then if I don't immediately fill out that survey, I don't come back to it because I don't hear about it again. If you know what I mean, you know, I don't hear that gong being banged repeatedly. And I guess it would be kind of nice to have some of this data. Um, so you, Jess, hosting company, Matt, plugin company, various different shades. It, does any of this cause for concern? Is it like, you know, we're all getting out of WordPress, the demographics have skewed, there's there's no future for us, the sky is falling in. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, it feels like the, you know, the 3,400 that took that were probably all folks that we see regularly at WordCamps. Um, it's the folks that, that are, you know, have a lot of skin in the game and are really already vested and interested. Um, uh, but it's harder and harder to get um, feedback from those that are kind of on the periphery of the WordPress community. Um, I do remember in years past feeling like um, I, every, every corner I turned, I saw somebody asking me to fill out the WordPress survey. And this time around, it felt like I wasn't uh, as uh, chased down uh, as before. So there is definitely a need for... Um, <clears throat> more volunteers to help on the front of, of getting these things out there because this data is super valuable um, for, for everyone. So, Cameron says that he's uh, been using WordPress since he was a teenager. He's nearly 30 now. He still pretty much feels like he's the youngest person in any room when he goes to a WordPress event. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just trying to cast my head around and think what whether the same would be true for me. But sadly, Cameron, I'm not in your demographic. I'm... Uh, Somewhat older. <laughs> uh, Jess, anything to add before we move on? No. Okay. In which case, let us move on. All right. So here's another here's another thing where communication uh, could have been interesting. So we've just spoken about communication to get people to fill out the survey. Maybe next year we'll all be told more about it. This is an interesting piece that came up this week. First of all, uh, the sky is not falling in. Don't freak out. If you want to go to WordCamp US, you very likely still can. But this is a story about communicating the sale of WordCamp US tickets because they went on sale uh, during the course of the last few days. And as is so often the case for these flagship events, that it sold out really quickly. Uh, I'm going to be really honest. I managed by complete and utter fluke to be on Mastodon at a moment when somebody that I follow posted that there were tickets on sale. I immediately went to the site. There were 100 plus left. So I thought, okay, I'll you know, I'll, that's fine. I'll come back in a few minutes. And I went off and did some dreary task, like, I don't know, made some lunch or something like that. Came back a few minutes later and it was down to 60 or something like that. In, in other words, it was selling out quick. So I, at that point, made the decision, okay, I'm just going to go for it and buy one. 
Moments after that, it was down to zero. And as you can imagine, people thought, well, wait, wait, well, what? we all want to go. Shouldn't we have had better communication? And I honestly don't know what the lines of communication are. I think one of you, maybe it was, um, maybe it was Jess Me. said, was it, was it you, Jen? Yeah. Yeah, Jen was saying that she, as far as she was aware, it was simply let out by tweet or something like that, that these things were on sale. And I guess to make it equitable, really it needs to go out to everywhere all at once or maybe go out everywhere all at once, but they go on sale at a certain time. I don't know if that would create more of a drama with everybody going to the same page at the same time. But anyway, they've sold out, but they haven't sold out because, Jen, fill us in. You know more. There are still going to be two more rounds of ticket sales. This first round of ticket sales was actually the smallest group of tickets. And the next two rounds will get progressively larger. The next round, as far as I know, is scheduled for about May 15th. I don't know when round three is, but if round one was May 1st and round two is May 15th, we can take a guess for okay. when round three might be. But uh, yeah, the big thing that I have is as literally the Baltimore WordPress <laughs> meetup organizer, I want to be able to tell my people in advance when tickets are going to be going on sale because, you know, especially with meetup groups, people aren't, you know, looking at their email constantly. You need to give them some advance notice. Hey, it's going to happen at this date, at this time. Go ahead and make your decision about whether or not you want to go. And if you do, make sure to be there at this date and time. Yeah, interesting point, and I think a valid one. Also, curiously, on the, the article that we're looking at now, which is on WP Tavern, uh, Sarah Gooding wrote a piece entitled First Round of WordCamp US, sorry, WordCamp US 2023 Tickets Sold Out. She also uh, includes a post from Tom Wilmot. I don't know if he's in the UK or not. But um, the date of the event, which is August 24th to the 26th, in the UK at least, and I think it might be the same for a lot of European countries, that is, that is well within the boundaries of our school summer holiday. So school summer holidays in the UK typically begin at the end of July. They go on for about six weeks. So the kids return to school something around about the 5th, 6th, depending on when the Monday falls, of September. Now... Um, that last year was fine because WordCamp US was well into that period. You know, the kids had gone back to school and so on. But only just, but they had. Um, whereas this one falls in that time frame where, you know, if you're a working parent and you've got to think about your kids going back to school, that might be a bit of a problem. So I don't know if that's a concern as well. But Tom, I'll quote, in Europe, August is the summer holidays, which makes it tough to attend with kids off school, etc. Not sure I can swing it this year. I know, Matt, you're in Germany. Is this, yeah. did this play out with same. you? Yeah, same. It's in, uh, yeah, August is always big vacation month out here. So. Yep. So maybe maybe somebody like me, having bought a ticket, I don't know if I can even go, but I've got that kind of FOMO feeling. So I decided to rush out and buy one, which is probably not the most principled thing to do. But um, They yeah. did say on their website that they do have refunds available. So yeah. if you did secure a ticket and for some reason you weren't able to use it and you weren't able to find someone in a Facebook group that needed it, although I'd be shocked if you couldn't find someone in a group who needed it, um, you can get a refund. I don't know what the refund period was, but you can check the website for refund information. 
Yeah, interesting. Uh, speaking of word camps, it's quite interesting. There's a few comments around the story that we were just doing uh, previously, where Peter Ingersoll says, as a meetup organizer and somebody who joins many, I'm concerned that fewer young people are involved. Average seems to be 50 plus. Of course, it could be virtual meetups skew to an older, older audience. We need more data. And then Bob follows up with, uh, these days it seems as if getting older people to attend meetups sorry, getting younger people to attend meetups uh, is a hard sell. However, in contrast to that, Mark Westgard says WordCamp Asia seemed to be a younger crowd. And as I was only there in cardboard cutout form, I uh, can't really comment on that. <laughs> uh, Jen, Mark took a picture of me <laughs> to WordCamp Asia. That's why I'm saying that. But there we go. Yeah, that's really interesting. I guess if you're a team as well and you want to take like 25 people, knowing that moment when the tickets come on sale, that's pretty crucial so that you can get in there and start mm -hmm. filling out that form as fast as possible. Anyway, good news is there's more tickets, uh, whether or not they'll be announced in a way which everybody can access. I don't really know, but we'll wait and mm -hmm. see. Okay. I would and, like to suggest that everybody sign up for emails. That's how I found out. Yeah. No, they so. didn't work. I did oh. sign up for emails with two different email addresses. Neither email address was emailed. <gasps> that was not my experience. I'm sorry that happened to you, though. Yeah, that's an, that's weird, isn't it? That's an unusual one. Um, so, just on that point, Jess, where do you mean you go to the you know the events page? And you sign up, like, for example, WordCamp US, you go to their page and sign up for email updates, and hopefully they'll send you a round of emails as these things are going on. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I signed up right through WordPress, uh, WordCamp US. Yeah. So yep. it's part of my regular subscription. And, yeah, I got the email, and that's how I knew to go get them. But it came uh, in at, like, 8 o'clock at night here. So it came it was... at a weird time. It did feel like, I mean, again, this felt similar to me, too, that – I'm usually pretty in the loop on stuff like that. And I usually know when stuff's going out. And I felt like I was totally like surprised. I was like, what? Um, tickets are on sale. I did not even know that was coming. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm a WordCamp Europe organizer again this year. And yeah. I will just say like doing these, huge, being an organizer for these huge things, like it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure and people really do love to tell you what they think loudly and sometimes obnoxiously. Yeah. And so I've always wanted to avoid the whole organizer thing because it's so much work and, and people love to be angry about stuff, but yeah, uh, yeah. They're, they're doing the best that they can. I also, the dates, WordCamp US has changed the dates so many different times. Um, and every single time it's a different date, a lot of people complain. <laughs> and so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what the best date is, but uh, somehow U.S. seems to always find the time that nobody likes. I, <laughs> oh, oh, I think they're doing the best that they can. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. going great. Yeah, but, uh, that's right. You know, well, I guess the, the bottom of this story really is if you, if you felt that when you reached that page that the tickets had gone, uh, they haven't. They just have on the yeah. first round. So keep the faith. Uh, maybe do what uh, Jess just said and go and sign up to that list. And hopefully your inbox will uh, will accept that incoming email and, and allow you to see that. Okay, so the next one is just a plugin recommendation. Just out and out, cool little plugin that I came across this week. So this is just going to be me talking. I'll just mention it quickly. Uh, this is really cool. Brand new as far as I can work out. It's called Admin and Site Enhancements. 
And it's about 20 different toggleable things that you're always trying to do in the WordPress admin. And it's all in this one teeny tiny lightweight plugin. So little things like hide the WordPress logo, hide the admin bar. You can set up your SMTP connections without the need for a, a plugin dedicated to just that. You can do things like disable comments, disable the REST API. You can uh, just a boatload of things. Put featured images in the posts list, all those kind of things. And I installed it, had a play. Every single thing worked as expected. And a lot of these things I try to do with dedicated plugins. Here's another one, SVG Upload. It allows that to happen. And I install a plugin to do that on virtually every site. I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's called Admin and Site Enhancements. I don't think there's a paid tier. It's just completely free um, by a developer called Bowo, B-O-W-O. So, yeah, recommendation from me. Um, If it breaks your site, it wasn't recommended by me. It was totally somebody else. All right, just so that we're clear. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. All right, so that's that. Uh, And then we'll move on to this piece. Oh, WP Drama of the Week, sponsored by Twitter. Um, So we all know what's going on at Twitter. It's no, it's no, you know, secret. Twitter's in a state of incredible flux. Uh, I got to say, in terms of the front end of the Twitter site, I haven't seen it like degrade or stop working or become intermittent. My experience with Twitter is exactly the same as it's always been. But I know that a lot of people have had a, you know, got lots of complaints about it, the politics of it. And now the cost of it. If you've been using Jetpack, there's been a handy little area within the post and pages area where you could auto post a tweet. Handy little feature, yeah? Spread it on social, write it in there, easily done. Uh, however, um, the the Twitter API has now become a paid-for service, and the cost of that service is, by all accounts, fairly high. And when I say fairly high, I am I think I'm talking mouth mouth-watering numbers. It really can be very expensive. I have a um, I have a third-party solution which. It's a bit like Buffer, but it's not called Buffer. I won't go into it. They have about 6,000 subscribers to their service. And they say that Twitter are wanting $42,000 a month for their uh, service. So they basically just killed it. They've just said, look, we can't sustain this. The same now is true for Jetpack. So they had conversations with um, between Automatic uh, or Jetpack and uh, Twitter the numbers didn't match, so it's gone. Simple as that. They've pulled it. It will not work anymore. I think the date has now gone as well. So if you were make, making use of that feature, 43% of the web and however many percent of that were using Jetpack. I imagine it's significantly less than you know anywhere like 43% of the web. But that little feature has now gone away. You know, I don't know what to make of this. It seems like death by a thousand paper cuts, but I was kind of getting into Twitter. I was using it more and more. I was still hopeless at it, but things like this don't give me confidence. However, Jetpack are going to put in Mastodon. So, yay! Because <laughs> I love Mastodon. Mm. And, uh, but what about you guys? You know, if you're publishing stuff, suddenly a massive channel's gone. You can still do it, right? You do it manually, but mm, you've got to do it manually. Your thoughts? I have mixed thoughts about it. I mean, uh, there's there's one side of me that's like we mentioned how we're doing the 
rebrand in public effort with uh, iThemes and Solid WP. It's specifically because of the, I mean, specifically related to the drama that I've seen roll out with the way uh, Twitter has changed and how it's been completely butchered. Uh, like every single change that they've introduced has been met with just complete chaos and, <laughs> and pitchforks. Um, and um, it, I, to me, it's like a, a masterclass in learning what not to do. Um, so, uh, it's been, it's been educational, um, yeah. in all the wrong ways. Um, yeah. It's not build in the open, is it? It's definitely build by yeah. reflex. <laughs> exactly. It's like, let's make the API extremely expensive and just foist it on people in a short amount of time and see what happens. Well, it's predictable what will happen in those circumstances. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, it kind of does feel like the, the strength of Twitter for all of these years has been that free access to that API where you could just post stuff and and thereby the community grew because everything was going on in that community. Mm-hmm. Now you put a paywall up, and not just a paywall, a really eye-wateringly large paywall. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the number for Jetpack was, but was it Jess or Jen was telling me that it's on a per per use um, space? That was me. Yeah, so depending on how many requests you make to the API, that's how the pricing is arrived at. And I can imagine that the Jetpack um, figure would be significantly higher than the SaaS service that I was talking about. So I don't know. just feels like shooting yourself in the proverbial foot. But I will, I will say I'm not an apologist for it at all. But there is another side of me that's like on the product side, um, you know, essentially that API is the way for folks to be able to use the platform without being exposed to the advertising uh, of the platform, which is how that platform is monetized, of course. Mm. And so um, there is this side of me that's like, I can kind of understand why you would not want to just have this big giant workaround, essentially. Um, If you want folks to use your platform, you want them to be on your platform. Um, So it's not as if I don't understand the motivations there but it's like i don't understand the motivations for the pricing of it that that seems like exorbitant beyond so um. yeah but it don't you think it's interesting that they put that on the, so i don't know what technical workaround you could do to achieve this but as an example we were talking earlier about the open ai key so a lot of these SaaS products i have to put in my open ai key key and then I am billed directly for the for the amount that I use of OpenAI, but I do exactly. that in a third party setup. Yeah, could could maybe that would have been a better thing. In other words, if I post to Twitter via Jetpack, I get charged the I don't know tenth of a US cent or a cent or whatever it might you know some trivial amount of money. But it comes down to me, and in that way, they still get their dime. I can still use it and I know that my share is being paid for by me and the amount that I post directly relates to all of that. This just seems to have knocked the feet out of everybody. And uh, we've got a comment here uh, from Bob who's saying exactly the same as me. Yeah, he's got a SaaS product which does this kind of thing and they've just knocked Twitter out because they've got to pay the fee. They can't offset it to their users. So there's my idea, Twitter. Do it like OpenAI did. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Anyway, <laughs> there's never a week without Twitter uh, this week. Jen, Jess, anything? To what Matt was saying, I think uh, I think it would probably be more open-minded if we didn't have other signals like charging to use 2FA via text. 
It's the nickel and diming, man. Like <laughs> I paid for it before That's Elon bought it. I paid for it for a while, and then I just stopped paying for it because yeah. I all I all I have to say about Twitter today is if you have a blue sky invite, hit your girl up because I am like waiting. Ah, so this okay. Let's talk about that for a moment because that's kind of interesting. This is the uh, this is the Jack Dorsey endorsed, funded maybe even um, alternative. It's a protocol called the is it called the AF protocol? I believe it is, and it's a bit like Activity Pub, which is what Mastodon uses. And at the moment, they're rolling out uh, access. Kind of interesting. It does seem like a lot of people are moving in that direction. Uh, it's federated, so it's a bit like um, Mastodon in that sense. I just don't know if I'm willing to do that again uh, with with Mr. Dorsey. I don't know what his incentives are in this. So there's a bit of me which thinks activity oh, pub all the way. <laughs> Some of the terms are kind of sketchy, but oh. I would, I I want to kick the tires. Yeah, try it out. Yeah. And my understanding is if you log in and you're not really paying attention, you are basically looking at Twitter. So there's no dissonance between signing up. You just get an account, you're off to the races, whereas Mastodon is just weird because you've got to get you've got to sign in up to an instance and then figure out what your username actually looks like and how to share all of that. But my Mastodon for me and WordPress really works. You can follow the, the hashtag WordPress. Loads of stuff comes, but not so much, like maybe 20 things a day. I can keep on top of that in a nice way. And there's lots of thoughtful people posting content in there. So there you go. AT protocol. Thank you very much, Courtney. It's not the mm. AF. A- uh, that sounds slightly sweary, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, it lets you use. Oh, okay, right. This is interesting. It lets you use your own domain as your handle, which works well. But apparently you can spoof it because somebody has already bagged the entire Amazon S3 domain and is now proclaiming to be to be them because and they did it completely legit, legitimately mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you can't make it up okay let's move on enough of the twitter let's go to something else let's go to this hope michelle frechette's still here um lovely project this is so nice um so in the past if you've been a wordpress uh, event organizer one of the big things right is finding the speakers you can do that manually, or you can put out a form and hope that people fill it out. But I think Michelle thought to herself, wouldn't it be nice if we just flip that on its head and got a collection together of all the people in the WordPress space who are willing to speak and then put together some sort of faceted search so that you can drill down into people who you might like to invite to your event. I, I run a WordPress event. I won't go into that, but I run a WordPress event. And this is this is a thing. This is a real challenge. We reach out to people, and it's quite a lengthy process. But now that Michelle's put this site up, I think we're going to be drilling into this uh, from now on. If you are keen to get yourself on the list, you can. It's completely fine. They're looking for some sponsorship at the moment, and you can find that on the page as well. There's a sponsor us link. It's wpspeakers.com forward slash sponsor. But also the thing that most people I think are going to make use of is this. And already, look, have a look. There's like nine, 217 people have signed up, already a decent cohort. And you can start to filter by the different kind of topics and so on. And there's tags and where they are in the world and the languages that they speak and so on. So maybe this will be a nice, useful tool. She's done it off her own bat. Um, She did previously WP events 
Um, I'm not sure if there's going to be some sort of tie-in between those two things in the future, but yeah, Michelle Frechette, bravo, cool project. I know that she ran into some technical gremlins, which she uh, she was able to get over. So yeah, nicely, nicely done. I'm going to hand it over to you guys. Let's see if I can find any of you three on here whilst you talk. Yeah, what's awesome is she was already running the underrepped in tech speaker database. And this is a great way for literally anyone for any reason to be a part of a database um, where word camp, word, you know, meetup organizers can easily find speakers. I think it's just such a smart idea. Yeah, it's a really smart idea. Yeah, honestly, it's so smart. Uh, also, let's... the underrepted in tech database is also fantastic. So, so look, I've typed in, I've typed in Frick. And I got uh -oh. Jess, Jess Fricks. Um, she's put us off. Be forward. careful typing that in. I know. Yeah, yeah. There's there's many ways that can go wrong. Um, <laughs> logging, business, community, customer success, e-commerce, and various others. And then if I type in uh, no, Crom Cromwell, that also works. Matt's in there under various categories. Uh, Jen, not yet. Maybe she will. Not do. yet. Not but yet. Okay. I, yeah. I think I will definitely be using this for my meetup to yeah. find some people right. to show up on Zoom exactly mm -hmm. like how nice will this be and it's it's very very young it's maybe i'm going to say 10 days or something like that so um i've put myself in you know community podcasting that's about it for me but yeah exactly that if you are in need of people and you can just head here from now on well there's already over 200 who are willing to talk at events just like yours and you can filter them so yeah Bravo, Miss Frechette. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, there she is. There she is. She says, I'm here. It's all free. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah, so the URL for that is wpspeakers.com. Uh, if you've got any pretensions of speaking, then go and sign up. And you never know, that phone, well, that email might start a ringing if you're, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, very nice. And you can go and get... Go and get Jess and Matt to talk at your next event. There's the other caveat. <laughs> Suddenly you get a deluge of emails. It's like, no, too many. I can't possibly speak that much. Next one up is this thing, new theme called Stacks. This is the strangest theme I've seen in a long time. Strange, not like strange weird, but strange as in what a, what a curious UI. So this kind of feels like it, well, it, Mich uh, sorry, Sarah, nearly said Michelle. Sarah Gooding on WP Tavern prefaces uh, this with, she calls this piece, WordPress theme team release stacks, a community theme for building slide decks. We'll get onto what a community theme is in a minute because I'm not really sure. Um, and But you can see, I'm going to play this little video. Your content ends up coming out. Ugh, if I can get that to go. Your content comes out like this. So it really is a bunch of slide decks. It's sort of the thing that you, I don't know, let's say you're a speaker at an event. There you go. Nice little segue. Um, this is the sort of thing that you could use to almost like PowerPoint your bits and pieces. You can you can edit uh, in the block interface. If you're looking at the screen, you can see that happening now. You put buttons, text, all of that kind of good stuff. And each section, if you like, gets wrapped up in a accordion-like collapsible colored background which you can then advance and move to the next one. Um, Jen, I know you've got concerns around this. What were you yes, thinking there? a lot of times with these, um, I would assume it's JavaScript powered. A lot of times with these JavaScript powered 
things, you can end up with significant accessibility issues. Um, just the motion alone can end up causing problems for people with vestibular issues. Um, can you say that word again? Vestibular issues. Can you, can you now tell me what that word means? <laughs> That is for people who have issues like uh, dizziness, oh, right. vertigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This actually yeah. will affect. Um, I think it's don't don't quote me exactly on this because I don't remember verbatim. But I think it's close to fifty percent of people will experience a vestibular issue such as vertigo at at least some point in their life. Hmm, interesting. And the this motion alone, just this simple motion that we're showing here, this could literally cause them to vomit if they have a vestibular issue. My eyebrows yeah. just went up. That is quite, yeah, okay. That's There's a recent podcast. Um, Amber Hines and the Equalized Digital Group have put out a podcast called Accessibility Craft, and they actually have a recent episode entitled Your Website Makes Me Nauseous or something very similar to that name. And they actually go into a whole bunch of information about vestibular issues and how motion on websites can literally make people sick. And Pija just wrote in the comments, please stop moving everything. She's uh, literally getting ill. maybe on tomorrow's show, we should uh, have a quick look at stacks um, as, a, as an enterprise and see what we think about it. But can I ask, Jen, so you just mentioned Accessibility Craft. Is that the name? of her podcast. So she's got a podcast with a bunch of episodes. So. Right, because I want to link to that in the show notes if I possibly can. Um, but if you private message me that, I'll make sure to get it right. But anyway, hat tip to Amber Hines. Um, whatever the name of that podcast is, I will put it into the show notes for tomorrow. I just thought it was interesting. So all of that accessibility stuff aside, right, and forgive me, I know that's naughty. I just thought it was kind of a, an interesting implementation of the tech the way that you could um, interact with that content and you could then move into another accordion, if you like. I just thought it was kind of a, a curious way of doing things. And it has come out from the theme team, given that the theme team hopefully are thinking about things like accessibility. It might be interesting to explore that a little bit further, but I didn't know what either Matt or Jess thought of this. Indeed, are there any thoughts at all? Yeah, I mean, uh, being that it's an initiative from the theme team itself, that it's a community theme, I really like the idea behind that. And specifically, I feel like they came out with a theme that caters to uh, WordCamp folks uh, who might be wanting to do a presentation um, that at, at a WordCamp. So I thought that was really smart. And um, I hope that they listen to Jen and Amber and take some notes on how they can make uh, this type of functionality more accessible for sure. Um, because um, being able to serve the WordPress community uh, through uh, dynamic themes, I think is a really cool idea and initiative. Um, Jen, would the, would the best practice in this scenario, and I'm far from a custodian of that knowledge, would the best practice in this scenario, if this was public facing and you weren't literally just using it as a slide deck to show on a screen behind you at a presentation, would it be to switch off those animations and have some sort of interface whereby you could switch them on if you, if you chose to, or is it just to get rid of them altogether? So, um, I mean, animation is fine as long as someone has chosen it. Got it. So right. it's really about 
allowing people to have the choice and not um, imposing your ideas upon them. So uh, you may think this is a cool animation. Sure, that's fine, as long as someone's choosing it. Got it. Okay. Uh, from a slightly different perspective, then, we have uh, in the comments, if I can see that, Excelovita. Excelovita. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, he says that the best thing about stack the stack theme is nothing extra. No extra bits of code has been added to achieve this. So that's interesting in and of itself. And everything is being done just by, uh, he said, just code blocks. So, okay, we'll have to see. Um, I'm going to explore this a little bit over the next few weeks, I think. Uh, and Matt, if you if you get a reply from Exavita as to your question, I'd be interested to know uh, what you say. Jess, we've excluded you from this one. Anything to add? No, I think it's all been said. Okay. All right. In which case, we'll press on because a couple of things before we run out of time. First one, if you've got ACF, I'll be very quick. Just go and update it. There was a fairly hard to exploit vulnerability. Um, the chances of it being exploited on your site were fairly small. But nevertheless, given that there's five trillion people using ACF, uh, there's quite a target on its back. So just go and get it updated. They've, they've sorted it all out. And there's a piece which I'll link to tomorrow in the tavern to say that. Right, hold on to your hats. If you're a Cloudways customer, Jen has got some news for you. Um, tell us about this. So this, this is a story which you know about and I don't know about. So I am going to put that little caveat in there before we start talking about it. I'm looking at the DigitalOcean website. This piece is showing us that in, um, I think it was August, I believe, something like that. August 2022, DigitalOcean was acquired by Cloudways. Uh, nothing really has changed since then. Service is normal, but you, you've got some interesting intel about something that's yes. happened this week. So um, in August of 22, DigitalOcean announced that it was acquiring Cloudways, which has become a pretty significant player in the WordPress hosting space. I'm sure pretty much most of your listeners have heard of it, if not used it at some point. So when this happened, a lot of people were concerned oh dear God, what is going to happen to Cloudways now that DigitalOcean has acquired them? Specifically with concerns about, will they continue to support Vulture and Linode? Well, last week they answered the question and for new subscribers to Cloudways, they can no longer get Vulture or Linode. Those are no longer options. For people who were already a subscriber, so if you, you know, had a time machine, you could go back to last week, you will still have access to Vulture and Linode. But while they haven't announced that in, at some point in the future, they will no longer allow access to those providers, it looks like we're headed in that direction. So there's yeah. been a whole lot of discussion going on in some of the WordPress groups about, well, where's everyone moving to? Yeah, so obviously DigitalOcean are a provider of servers which Cloudways tap into, um, along with some commercial rivals, Volta and um, yeah, there's all sorts of Amazon Light Sale and a whole bunch of other things. And acquiring Cloudways, that kind of mud muddies the water a bit, doesn't it? If if you're enabling people to sign up for rivals to your own service simply and easily through the Cloudways interface, is that shooting yourself in the foot? In other words, have they bought? Cloudways in order over time to just strip the other services out and have this really nice Cloudways interface where you can interact with everything. And from all the data that you've been receiving this week and chats that you've been having, it feels like that journey is beginning. 
And if you are uh, using their service, go and check that out. I think that's an important thing for them to communicate. And by the fact that we're looking at a stale article, Jen, you weren't able to track down anything. I wasn't able to find any news okay. articles about the change to Cloudways. Uh, the only thing I've been able to access is chats with customer service reps that have confirmed that Vulture and Linode are no longer available to new subscribers to Cloudways. Okay. That's a, it's actually fairly big news if that turns out to be true because I think it's fair to say that Cloudways have become, if, if you like that hosting type of solution, Cloudways has been the, a real dominant force in that. So we'll have to see. Maybe somebody here is an employee or has something that they can offer as assurance. You can confirm it on their website right now. Oh, go for it. Go on. Your choices are DigitalOcean, AWS, yeah. or Google Cloud. Okay, so you just signed look up at with the pricing it. differences between those. DigitalOcean is the only one coming in with options near, you know, the $20 price point whereas the others are significantly higher. Okay, and is that a modification or is that just the cost of using Google's cloud? We don't know. That's as far as I well, so obviously Cloudways puts a markup on all providers. If you go to DigitalOcean's website, you can get the same server for half the price. The markup is for the tools and the support that Cloudways offers. So obviously on top of AWS and on top of Google Cloud, there is a markup for the tools and the uh, support that Cloudways offers. Yeah. Okay, so this is basically a heads up. It sounds like the, the intel as to whether things are gonna go away for existing users and all that, we don't know. But there's there's definitely some story here and if you're a Cloudways user and have lots and lots of client sites on Cloudways, clearly. Um, yes, it's definitely a big concern for yeah, a lot of people. Time to go and start asking some questions. And I suppose yeah. that the more questions that we get asked, the more likely we are to get some clarity back out from Cloudways on the other end. Okay, brilliant. Thank you for surfacing that. I definitely wouldn't have seen that this week. Well, largely because there was nothing public facing to see. Uh, and then we're on to this. Jess threw this at us right at the very last minute. So I confess, I haven't given this the due diligence that I should have done. But uh, this is all about analytics, essentially, isn't it, Jess? And the fact that quite a lot of your analytics may be being misreported. Tell us more. Yeah, if you look at the very top, you can see there um, more and more platforms are blocking referrer data. So if you're looking in your Google Analytics, it looks like more and more people are just coming directly to your site, which is not necessarily true. Um, we were talking earlier, you know, in WordPress, it's the default. If you set something to open in a new window, it's going to have that now refer tab, um, which is really, you know, frustrating when you know you're on somebody's site and you want to see what traffic's coming from there. You have absolutely no idea. But the thing is, um, this was not the case previously with social networks. And this is not like another, you know, ding on Twitter. It's not just Twitter. It's it's most of them now. Um, you know, you're not getting data coming from Discord or Mastodon or, you know, you could see in the chat right there. <laughs> oh, apologies. I'm not looking at the chat. Uh... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean chat. I meant the the picture. Oh. Brain, yeah. brain misfired. Um so yeah, it's uh, Twitter is actually giving you that accurate attribution. Facebook is as well, um, but these other ones, I think we're going to continue seeing it grow across the board. 
So if you're watching the show, the black line represents a service which gives you no reliable data about where your visitors are coming from. So TikTok, you don't know if somebody's come from TikTok. So it's direct traffic. Your Google Analytics or whatever um, is going to show that person came directly to your website. TikTok have got gotten themselves out of that equation. Same for Slack, same for Discord, same for Mastodon, same for WhatsApp, which is curious. Looks like roughly 75% of direct tr of traffic is sent directly. Or, you know what I mean? It, it appears to be sent directly from Facebook Messenger. Instagram, we suddenly dropped to 30%. And then it all just tails off until finally Facebook and Twitter. They will give you that data 100% of the time. This data yeah. comes from Spark Toro. Sorry, did I get that wrong? No, you, you got it right, but ah. Twitter has their own analytics, and I'm sure it's just a matter of time before they charge for that, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Um, <laughs> but the point being, uh, you could be misrepresenting, you know, your success with direct marketing. You know, you think you've got, way we've got 10 million views, and they all came to us directly. We're not spending anything on adverts or, you know, social media. We can drop all of that nonsense. Turns out... Not the case. This is uh, data which is coming from um, Rand Fishkin's Spark Toro. So I think we can, I think we can fairly, fairly confidently attribute it to be accurate. We're running out of time, so I just want to be brief. Um, Matt, anything on this? This must, you know, annoy you if you're a plugin developer and you want to see where your traffic's coming from. Yeah, it drives me nuts for yeah. sure. <laughs> just a really good article, and um, yeah, I mean, also in light of. Uh, Google Analytics retiring Universal and going to GA4, and GA4 is really literally not having all the same features that Universal had. Um, like, but at the, and then at the same time, um, Europe is raising really good and valid questions about privacy and uh, third-party cookies for tracking purposes. And um, right now, at the moment, the, the 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 whole field for marketing analytics is just fraught with complexity and problems. And um, I've, I said this at WordCamp Sacramento, uh, Switzerland, excuse me, that um, uh, anybody who could really completely solve the marketing analytics problem that keeps privacy in mind and fixes the direct uh, problem or the non-attributed problem would just win millions of dollars overnight. But um, yeah. I don't really know what that solution looks like exactly at this stage because it's just there's just so much complexity to this uh, area at the moment. My my feeling, I could be wrong, my feeling is that the pendulum has swung and people are a little bit more savvy on this now. And given the choice of, are you okay you know, with cookies? In other words, if, if you're given a straightforward question, do you want to be tracked? Don't you want to be tracked? Apple, with their iOS update not that long ago, kind of confirmed it, didn't they? 90 plus percent of people given a straightforward question about tracking will say, nope, don't want it. And we'll click the button to deny it. And and I just think it's interesting. We've gotten ourselves into this point where cookies have, for so many years, been such a rich, amazing source of getting um, just like super specific data. And I wonder if public opinion is turning. Certainly the legislation in the EU is turning. And I don't know, uh, Firefox, in the future, if you're a Firefox user, none of this stuff's going to be available to anybody. So... Firefox, yeah. Firefox will just block everything on this chart, you know, whether you're using Facebook or Twitter or whatever. So, yeah. I think what's the most frustrating about this data that Jess is sharing here is that, like, this is happening at the platform level. So, like, without cookies, that has nothing to do with opt-ins or whatever. We're missing referral data um, because the, the platform itself is refusing to send it in the right. first place. 
Yep. So, I, I mean, it's just another one of the layers of complexity that makes everything harder. Um, and it is it is one of those things where, like, as a, a owner of many websites currently that I'm trying to track data on all the time, it's like, <clears throat> I just want to be able to understand you folks better so that I can give you better uh, content. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's, of course, tons of malicious actors out there. So it's not as if there's not really, really strong, legitimate concerns here. Um, but it's it's the it's the legitimate use of data that is really being hammered and hurt hard at the moment. Um, yeah, so. yeah. We need some uh, we need some very charismatic person on the side of tracking to come forward and really swing that debate because it feels like all of the uh, all of the, the the charisma and appeal is on the other side at the moment. So, um, by the way. I've got it confirmed. It is accessibilitycraft.com. Uh, that's the name of the website where you can find Amber Hines podcast. Thank you for that, Jen. And, and I... speaking of accessibility, Global Accessibility Awareness Day is next week. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Did I miss that? Did you put that in you the show did. notes somewhere? I did, yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. You had it open in a tab. I did have it open in a tab, and I've clearly closed it. Let me just, before we finish it off, let me grab it. I am sorry. Uh, right, there we go. Let's open it up. And whilst I'm doing that, I'll just tell you what it's called. It is global. Did I not show this? That's so weird. I honestly thought I'd had that one on the screen. I probably accidentally closed it because I'm using a new browser called Vivaldi. It's not new. It's just new to me. And the close icon is on the opposite end of the tab to Chrome. So I'm finding I'm closing things inadvertently. But uh, here we go. This This is it. Tell us about this briefly. Did we not show that? We didn't. We did. We didn't. Okay. We didn't. So Global Accessibility Awareness Day is Thursday, May 18th, and there are going to be all sorts of online and in-person celebrations for it. It's basically to increase awareness about accessibility and how it affects people. One of the biggest things that they want that they talk about is accessibility isn't about imposing a solution onto people. It's not about saying, oh, I can solve your problem. Here's your solution. Shove it down, down your throat. It's about removing barriers. So instead of trying to solve everyone's problems for them, because each person is individual and different and different solutions are better for different people, sometimes even at different times. It's more about just removing barriers so that people can bring their own solutions and handle things in the way that they choose. So it's happening on Thursday, the 18th of May. It's, it's, not, it's not like one thing, right? It's not one event. No, it's things all over the world. There's all different things happening on Zoom. There's a number of different meetups happening both before and on the day of. So if I was to, I'm just looking at this site and I'm trying to figure out, ah, okay, this is probably the button that you're most interested in. So there's a button called find an event. And from there, you can drill down in much the same way that Michelle Frechette had on her site. Mm -hmm. you can find by country, find by different type, whether it's in person, virtual, private, what the kind of activities are on and so on. So there we go. Accessibility.day. Best URL ever. Um, how cool was it to bag that one? forward slash events will get you to this particular page, but accessibility.day. And Matt just posted in the chat about, um, is it uh, 
plugins or themes that make it possible? And the answer is accessibility of a basic HTML website is handled in your browser. It's actually all of the things that we add that create problems. So all of the plugins we add, the themes we select, the color choices that we make, the content that we add and how we add that content, that is what makes things inaccessible. By default, absolutely. But most websites was, are accessible. Absolutely. My comment was directed at uh, um, our guy X, I forget how to pronounce his name. Yeah, he was Hello, Vita. Hello, Vita. Yeah. That's fun to say. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, uh, Jen, I inadvertently closed that tab. We definitely said that we were going to feature it, so apologies. But I will make sure that it get, heads into the show notes. That's Accessibility Day. And I'll also add the Accessibility Craft podcast. I'm in what can only be described as heaven here. Look at the glowing background. The, I know. It's weird, isn't it? There's nothing I can do with it. The sun just comes right in at this time of the year. <laughs> And it feels lovely. That's it. That's all we got for you. I was going to do some AI pieces, but we run out of time. And these good people have got better things to do than drone on with me. So, as we always do, we're going to stick up the hands and give us a yes. Look at that. Such yes. Look at that. That's fabulous. Thank you so much for anybody who made a comment. I really appreciate it. I'm sure our guests do too. Um, we'll be back next week with a bunch of other guests talking about some more WordPressy things. But for now. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week. Take it easy. Bye.